0: I don't know why.
1: There we go. We found it, we found it. Finally, we're on. All right, cool. Welcome to episode number nine, The Shiv and Eddie Show, also known as The Shetty Show on Instagram. Go ahead and follow us there. The Shetty Show. <laughs> the, Shetty the Shetty Show. The
0: Shetty Show. I fuck with
1: it. <laughs> I like it. Um, how are you doing, Shiv? What's going on? What's new in life? It's only been a week, but I'm sure there's a new update for us.
0: Oh yeah, man. There's a a lot that's changed up in the, up in the dome. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, this past week, I have just been nonstop grinding just, and it's like, I don't have, I don't have due dates, you know, I'm working. Yeah. I have some deadlines there, but that's not really that major. It's been all personal goal driven shit for the past week. And honestly it's felt, it's felt amazing. Cause I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Last week we talked about how November wasn't that great of a month for the both of us really. Yeah. And I kind of just, something just clicked in my head where it's like, I'm just not going to be down about shit anymore. And I'm just gonna, I'm just going to go. So, I mean, hitting the gym, studying for CPA, all that grinding stuff. I feel good. I feel real good, man.
1: I feel good. You feel good. That's just the mindset you got to be in like, just do shit. Don't let anything kind of cloud you. And when you do feel clouded, you know, take a second, think about it, and then just start doing something. It's always, it's always worked for me. I know it's always worked for you, and we figure it out as we go. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Um, how is, Have you seen this new, like, I just saw this on Twitter. This guy who was a trucker who hit and killed um, four people. But he wasn't under the influence of anything. It was kind of just like one of those freak accidents. But I think he's getting like 110 years in prison. Oh, and um, yeah, people are like a couple people at that I've seen at least. There's like this trend now that truckers are starting to um, driving for like the next two weeks because of it, um, because they just think it's unjust. What a
0: great, what a great time to stage a boycott for truckers. Yeah.
1: It's it, it terrible time like um, Like I feel like if they start doing this, it's gonna speed up automation in the trucking industry. Um, I think like more and more trucking companies are gonna start looking at selfless driving cars. Um, yeah, and driving I mean trucks.
0: that that stuff has that stuff has really been. I've I've been pretty interested in that uh, in terms of the self driving automated space. Uh, mm-hmm. The because it for self-driving trucks it it, and i mean like semis it requires like a different type of energy than your standard lithium batteries that's why there's like companies like like plug power that do like hydrogen fuel cells like Mm -hmm. i'm telling you dude this is stuff you've seen in video games when you were a kid yeah when you're like in the future and it's all like electric and like you know it's charged like that is that is what That is what the future of trucking really is. It's Mm 24-7 perpetual. Like when the truck stops at the pit stop, it's to get a new battery interchanged or a new fuel cell interchange and it gets back on the road. Mm -hmm. You know, and I mean, I don't know the details of this case uh, in particular, but I mean, being a trucker in general is it's a hard job, man. It's it's pretty awful at the end of the day when you look at it.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not easy at all, right? Like your long hours, you sleep in your truck, uh, you travel across the uh, across the country. Your
0: back must be just <laughs> fucked.
1: Yeah, <it's laughs> you sit in the truck <laughs> for
0: eighteen hours a day. The most you stop at is you stop at a rest stop. And what's at a rest stop? Is there is there a is there healthy food options nope. at a rest stop? It's a McDonald's. It's a, a Burger McDonald's. King. Yeah. Yes.
1: It's like shitty gas station food. Like yes. you're not getting any nutrition in those meals. And, like, at the same time, too, you don't get to see your family for probably weeks on end sometimes, depending on how your trips are. Um, and, I mean, if you think about it, like, automation for that industry for, like, obviously, it's it'll be devastating to what it does to the normal economy and, um, and normal people. Um, because I do believe that the largest employment percentage in the U.S. is truck drivers, um, what do you mean by that? So, so the most amount of people in the United States, the largest like job that everyone has, universe in the United States universally, is truck driving. Um, I just read a book on uh, Andrew Yang book. I th- okay, I, think I, I was going to say because it. it sounds you're it sounds like just like what he's exactly saying. That's the next yep. thing I was going to bring up. Yep. Um, I just read a book, Andrew Yang. It's called The War on Normal People, and basically he talks about the business sectors that are going to go extinct within the next 15 it's to 20 years. It's the revolution. Yes. It is. Yes. yes. And basically, um, he kind of throws in his pitch for like presidency in there as well. Like what this, the, do. you're
0: reading, you're reading the book that came out when he was running, right? Yes. Yeah, so okay.
1: yes, yes, it came out. I, be, all the stats and statistics from it are or like 20, like, 2017, 20, yeah, 20, yeah, 2016, 17. Yeah. I think the book came out in 2018 around there. Okay. So it, it, close, but, yeah, he's it's not a wrong. Bit,
0: That's the thing, bro. Wrong. He's not wrong. That's why I remember we were talking uh, pre 2020 election. And I was like, listen, like, I'm not the type of guy to really be propping up like left wing candidates. That's the most I'll say about that. But I was like, this is what this guy is saying. He's not wrong. Like his whole his whole idea of like his, his whole UBI thing.
1: It's it, very know, good. You know yeah, what's so like funny?
0: It. You know what's funny? I mean fun. the plan itself I have some disagreements with, but that's a different issue. What 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 was funny is that we did that.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: pandemic hit, and what did we do? We gave twelve hundred dollars to everybody. They did. We did. That's mm-hmm. what we did. Now now there's adverse effects to that because uh it's not like inflation's stopping. But what he's saying about the the Revolu- industrial the next industrial revolution he's not wrong i mean it's stuff like this where like if i can have a truck that runs 24/7 I- in theory right mm-hmm. the most a truck is stopped for is to get new fuel whatever that fuel may be and to get new loads and unload the load that's currently in the truck right th- th- but it's running so basically it's running 19 hours a day
1: mm-hmm. why would you not do that exactly
0: and we're and talking the, every industry. Every mm-hmm. industry
1: is having this. Every single industry. And, like, I think the book just goes over really well. It describes, like, kind of the issues that happen when automation starts to take over because, obviously, a lot of people aren't trained in a certain skill set, right? So, like, you're going to have a lot of displaced people, people who, like, won't have the skill set anymore to work. And right. that's going to be a big, big problem. Right. Um. And so, like, I think... I kind of like his book because he gives his opinion on what's going to happen. Obviously, he mentions UBI. He also at, uh, mentions a value-added tax um, that, that, he,
0: I, that I'm a little
1: he, a little skeptical with, right? But, like, in theory, it sounds good, right? Obviously, on paper, like, the way he describes it sounds good. But basically, he wants to tax automation. But the problem with that is there's no real, like, barrier on what you can tax. And the limitations and restrictions, like – Are super different in between industries, right? Because, like, think about it. A soft. Let's let's say, for example, you're a call center, right? Mm -hmm. And you have a software that runs all your calls, like 200 200 phone lines that this software takes care of. Like, how are you gonna tax that? As opposed to a truck that drives by itself. Like, see, because there's like there's just kind of different limitations on different things when it comes to automation. So it's kind of like a difficult thing to talk about, and that would take years and years of work to actually figure out like the right price point for everything.
0: I complete, I completely agree on that statement, but there's one thing I know for sure is that they'll find a way to tax it. I'll give you an example right. In Illinois uh, last year, they put a, they put a high I'm sure you've seen this, they put like a highway gas tax hike for uh, petrol or gasoline vehicles. And at the same time, Added a, uh, or I think it's either they lowered the the freebie that they give you for owning an electric car, and added attack or added a tax to it. They tax. They ended up taxing both, right? Okay. Because they, at the end of the day, the government's gonna find a way to tax that stuff. They're gonna. Mm-hmm. And but you're right. The avenue by which we go about doing this is very important
1: mm-hmm. because
0: we already have, we're gonna have major displaced workers in in the workforce and what are, what are those people going to do? It's mm-hmm. really thinking about like, cause they can't go to school nor do they want to go to school uh, or any type of training for that matter. All right. It, it, and it's across all industries too. I mean, you think it, it happens a lot. This is a big fear in my industry and what's happened with, with, with accounting. The reason there's a necessity to get the CPA now is because the rudimentary bookkeeping job, or you're like, you're low-level tax uh, tax preparer. So not a CPA, but you go get your taxes done somewhere. Normally, it's someone you know. They don't have a CPA. They're just they're at the they're they're just at the bottom level grinding through your tax return. Yeah. They don't need that anymore. We have no. software that does that. I tell most people who ask me, they go, oh, you going to help me out with my taxes this year?" Right? I go, "I probably." shouldn't because number one, it's a waste of my time and a waste of yours because Mm -hmm. this $60 tax software is going to do more for you in 15 minutes than I could. Mm -hmm. And so all those jobs are basically going away. The bookkeeping, the small preparer, the, 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 the record keeper, the data entry jobs, those jobs are like, they're going to be gone soon,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know? And what are those workers going to do? Well, they have more opportunity, I think, to go and learn and get get some skill sets. But as for these truck drivers, I mean, I don't see, I don't know
1: what, I don't know what we're going to do. And I think too like another big point that kind of gets lumped into this entire summary that we're talking about is education, right? Because our education system hasn't changed in 60 years, but our society has and our economy has. And one of the biggest issues is that over the next ten to fifteen years, do you think people are really getting prepared enough to to jump into this new like automotive industry that's about to take over? No, like we're gonna have to rethink how education works. We're gonna have to rethink like um, how trade school works. Maybe you know, getting more people in like um, in IT jobs, things like that, and training needs to change at some point as well. Or or we're fucked, really. Yeah,
0: one thing I think uh, I've heard this for years now, years now, is that. Everybody should learn to code, right? And they never like in in my high school. I was lucky enough to have a programming class. A lot of schools don't have that in high school, no. especially a lot mm-hmm. of most most don't. Mm-hmm. Right? I was pretty lucky to to take a class like that. But I took that in high school. Now you see, there's these there's places there there's individual businesses that are only for kids to learn how to code,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: And yeah, you can learn for free and stuff, but it, t- it touches back to our, our point last week about what is what is school really for? And you know what's so funny is I was I was having a conversation. I just came home the other day. I was having a conversation. My sister's a senior and my, and my dad, and I was like, you know what school's for? It's only for discipline. And my dad's face just lit up. He goes, yeah, that's it. That's all it's for, right? If you mm-hmm. force the kids to learn coding, and I know that's a hard ask, especially in school systems like CPS or any other school system in America, which has absolutely no funding whatsoever. This is a hard ask, but I'm saying ideally we get kids at six to start learning to code. That's one of the changes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's important because I hate coding. I hate programming. I think it's boring. I think mm-hmm. it's awful. But if you force me to learn it, eventually it's going to come useful one day.
1: hundred percent. And I think you can also treat it like a language, like instead oh, of for sure. Instead of maybe um, teaching, like, French or Spanish, which are things, sure, that are necessary uh, at times. But in the long scheme of things, like, at some point, even, even I think in Puerto Rico, like, where I'm from, the universal language is starting to become, like, more and more English. Like, people are speaking English more and more everywhere. Even
0: if, bro, have you noticed this on Twitter, right? You'll see a tweet that's in another language, and it'll say translate.
1: yeah translation so
0: like it's, it's not and it ain't bad too no like it's not. I'll, I'll see tweets in full arabic and i'll be like
1: well, what is <laughs> yeah. that
0: and i clicked it because like dude you don't know what it says no. and it's just like peace love and tranquility you like blah 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 i'm like i mean like if that I and mean, i look it up on google and it's like that's what that says
1: mm-hmm. and i'm
0: like wow i mean at the end of the day information is so present to us it is and, and like it's like who is the 14th president or 13th, 12th, 11th president of the United States, right? Some people could, could name it, right, off the top of their head. But what do you even need that for when I just type in 13th president, boom, 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 done, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, – or fifth or whatever it may, it may be. So I, I agree with you. But coding at the end of the day, like you need – a you face a new problem, a brand new problem. You're not going to be able to find the answer to that.
1: Online. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think too, like I don't know, it's just such a such an interesting time too because again, like the disparity between like the top and the bottom is gonna grow even more in the next like fifteen to twenty years. Oh,
0: it, it has already, yeah. Yeah, right. and
1: like and COVID didn't do anything but help speed that process up. So like really what was probably maybe even a couple years pushed back in 2019, 2020 already sped it up those two years.
0: But what I don't want people to take out of statements like that, because here's the thing, people could say, oh, the wealth gap is, is drastically shifting. And if you're on the bottom end of the wealth gap, which I mean, I am right now, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a grad student, so I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not there yet. But, but when you, when you, people make statements like that or, and like, oh, you know, oh, jobs are going away. At the end of the day, this is a good problem to have. I know it's weird to say, but not the wealth gap stuff, but the 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 jobs going away thing. Because that mm-hmm. means there's new jobs being created at the same yes, time. Yes, that's also and, true. And the new, oh, we have to revamp our education system. That's a good thing. That means technology is changing in a way that benefits us. Look how much the computers benefited us. Our iPhones benefited us. Mm-hmm. All that stuff, right? The next revolution is only going to make humanity better. But when it comes to the wealth gap stuff, if you live in the United States of America, while that number – it is concerning. It's not a good thing and in itself. That doesn't mean that you can't be that, that, that high end of that spectrum because you live in America, man. You live in the best country on earth. It's, this is probably one of the only places where this, this from the bottom stuff is even possible. It, 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 and that's just a fact. That's not, mm-hmm. I'm not even propping anything up. That's just a fact.
1: It is. And you see it every day, right? Like the social media movement too has launched people into fucking money and fame and stardom. And it's crazy. Like a literal iPhone changed the way our society works. So like I can't even imagine like on a bigger scale what's going on behind the scenes. Like guys like Musk and Bezos and Zuckerberg and all the good stuff they're working on to like make changes for the better – so I'm I'm excited too. Like it sounds like a, a I don't know. It sounds like we're being super pessimistic, but at the end of the day, optimism is also always there. Um, on the other side, we're
0: we're on it. We're on a different side of things, right? You have a degree in OMIS, which is very valuable for what the way the world is changing.
1: You mm-hmm. know,
0: if you look back at your the degree that you got, it's only in a growing industry. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and the same thing with me as well, you know, as long as I get my CPA, it's not like – that's the one thing. In, a, in an economic crash, you need an accountant. In an economic <laughs> boom, you need an accountant. Even mm-hmm. if you do nothing, you need an accountant. You know what I'm saying? So Yes. It, it you've got it. That's the thing though. When you're young, you can set yourself up. It's about, I, If I was the 40-year-old truck driver, I'm scared. I get that. You know, that's the one situation where I'd be scared.
1: Yeah, um. But let's talk. You mentioned universal basic income and some of the things that you kind of don't agree with. What are those things? Because, like, in the book, obviously, when it's somebody's like viewpoint, they're gonna make it sound like super, super awesome, and they're gonna make it sound like it can work for everybody if it's done the right way. Um, and one of the things that he mentioned, which I kind of was thinking about, and I was like, you know what? That's kind of like he has a point there. Is basically that he says if you start people off at a number that's so low that it gives them enough income to get like their groceries every month, right. Or like even pay some of their rent every month, but it's not going to give them enough income to live comfortably that you're going to get more and more people that start looking for jobs because they realize that they can't live off that universal basic income. So my thing is like, it sounds really good in principle, but you just mentioned right with the stimulus check, like what happened, Like a lot of people kinda got greedy with it, right? And they wanted another one and another one. But like if you think about it, let's just say you have a stimulus check every month, right? And that stimulus check is a super low number. Maybe like a grand, right? You give a grand out every month and there you cut you cut out unemployment completely.
0: Oh, we're done. you
1: you think we cut out unemployment and there's just a a basic income of a thousand a month for everybody. You think people are just going to live off the $1000? <laughs> no. Uh
0: no. So, I mean, that's the thing. In theory, it's nice, right? And all right, so you're saying we cut unemployment and we give everybody a thousand. Is that what you're saying, right?
1: Yeah, and then like I guess a lot of like government assistance programs would like obviously disappear because of that oh, too. Right. No. So like, yeah, that's not happening that see,
0: here's, here's the problem. Uh, I, I've thought about that too. It's like, all right, we have UBI, but we don't have uh, any government assistance. So I'm, we're talking, we're talking welfare food stamps, uh, like rental assistance on un, Okay. Unemployment, all that. Right. right. Well, here's the thing. Unemployment pays more than a 1000 a month. And for people that actually lost their job, that unemployment matters for the two to three months that they do it, right? Mm -hmm. And to a certain extent, here's the main problem with UBI. Okay, you give everybody a nominal amount that's not enough for them to work, but you're increasing the money supply in circulation. It's not like we have the tax dollars to fund this at all. Right. So -hmm. you're increasing the money in circulation. I mentioned this a couple episodes ago when we're talking about uh, the effect of inflation. Now, I'm not saying that the stimulus payments had a direct or was the cause of the inflation, but it definitely was part of it. Uh, If you constantly are increasing the money supply, the value of the dollar becomes worthless. So you give everybody a thousand. That looks great. But here's the thing. Oh, maybe it's only enough to, you know, OK, get groceries and, and, and gas and a couple other expenses. You meet that thousand for, for a family of three, a family of four. But what are the businesses going to do? They're just going to raise the prices because that thousand it doesn't mean anything anymore. Everybody gets a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars doesn't mean a thousand dollars. So in the end, it doesn't even matter. And, and it's only going to just it, here's the thing. This fucks over the lower class First. Like the very thing we are setting out to achieve is going to be our demise if we do something like this. Number two, let's – oh, let's just cut out all these social services. First of all, good luck with that.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Good luck with – do oh, yeah. Oh, just cut out unemployment, bro. Like the, While I have mentioned before that I've had many problems with the way unemployment was carried out. Over the past year, I did not say that we should get rid of it. You know what I'm saying? For a thousand a month per right. person. Now, obviously there's going to be a limit. So the rich people wouldn't get the thousand a month, right? This would only go to middle class and below. There'd be a phase out. It, this would it wouldn't be to everybody. But at the same time, like the, this is just not going to work. Like the, it, if you look at, and I, I don't have exact metrics and economic numbers on me because we're all talking hypotheticals here anyway, but you can't cut out these – like you talk about food stamps. We're talking welfare. These are going to not just – it's not – welfare doesn't go to the middle class. Food stamps don't go to the middle class. Food stamps and welfare go to the lower class. And yeah, of course, there's an argument to be made that uh, even those hindered the economy. But at the same time, you, you look at families that are in absolute desperate need, single mothers and stuff. I have absolutely no problem giving my tax dollars to them in the situation that they're in. I don't think you do either. Right. If we're talking a truly needy family that 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 needs that support, I don't have a problem in giving that. But a thousand dollars to everybody knowing people's spending habits. Absolutely not. It just doesn't work in a time like the pandemic where it was an absolute necessity because it wasn't just oh, It's not just truckers. It's not just one industry or this industry that's that's had a shortage of jobs. It was all industries. Everybody was at home. Everybody was stuck. That in that situation, that requires yes, emergency assistance, but in the end, like I even outlined, that it's been over a year now. Do you like how much you're paying for gas? You live in Chicago, it's even worse for you, or Mm. anybody in New York or in Cal. Oh, god, California is just oh, talk about our problems. California is even worse, yeah, right? All the uh, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Absolutely not. And if we keep doing, if we keep doing shit like this, where oh, let's just give everybody money because there, there's people in need. How about instead of of, of how much would that cost? We're talking uh, over three hundred billion dollars a month. Imagine if we had spent three hundred billion dollars a month in the same education reform that we were just talking about ten minutes ago. What what would have a net more positive effect for the future? You know, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, if that extra five hundred or a thousand dollars you may need to get by every month is a second job, essentially. Right. Right. It's a second job. So now all of a sudden you're taking away that second job. in the short term because the inflation would not hit yet. We're taking away that second job. So now the, these employers of restaurants and 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 anything that would involve a, a second part time job there, they have a shortage of workers. So now all of a sudden they have to raise prices because they can't. They can't just – they can't feed the demand at all. And then in the future, the inflation is going to hit and prices are going to go up even more. And now your $1,000 is even worth $1,000. Instead, if we force the economy to go and get more jobs, while still maintaining the same social services, welfare, all that other stuff, right, unemployment, all that stuff, you're still encouraging people to get jobs. I mean under the current unemployment rule, right, it's only
1: supposed to last six months. So you think that currently what we're doing is the solution? Uh,
0: no, I didn't say that. It's not the solution, but I think that, that this new proposed solution is definitely not it.
1: Okay. So, and in your like, in your thoughts, what are, what is the best solution for the problems that are happening right now in terms of inflation, in terms of like um, maybe lowering the wage gap, uh, lowering the wealth gap in our economy.
0: Well, I mean, if I knew the answer to that, I would be working at the Fed right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're we're talking about broad issues that require so much complexity, right? And whether it's it's wealth gap, uh, uh, you know, racial divide, any of that stuff. If we, if the regular person had the solution, it would have been found by now, right? We got the smartest minds in the world working on this problem. But in terms of what my opinion would be, I mean. In terms of in terms of the wage gap, that's gonna come from the employees. And if we see the job numbers have gotten better, but at the same time, there's more displaced workers that don't like at this like when we talked about unemployment also a few weeks ago where, you know, that metric doesn't mean shit because after six months, you're no longer on unemployment. You're just a displaced worker. You don't get counted in the metric. So you may not have a job. Or It's called, sorry, discouraged, not displaced, discouraged. But even displaced is the same thing. Like let's say you had yeah. a job that paid you 150 a year, right? You got fired, COVID, whatever. Now, after six months, you got a job that paid you 80 a year, not in the same industry uh, or 60 a year. That's not the job you want to be working. You're still displaced in theory, right? Because it's not – you're not fully employed back to where you want to be. And there's still 2 million less jobs than there was – pre-covid while the job numbers have gotten better but in terms of an overall solution i mean the most i can say with the knowledge that i have is that it has to come from it has to come from the ground up like at the end of the day bro the only way you're gonna save yourself in if you're in a situation of dire constraints you got bills to pay you're in debt uh late on late on the mortgage late on rent uh Barely scrapping by. The only way you're going to save yourself is by figuring it out yourself. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. It,
0: it, you, you cannot be constantly searching for the outlet to come
1: and save you because at the end of the day, bro, no one is going to save you. That's also a constant theme on this podcast, <laughs> saving yourself basically. But it's so true. Like for the most part, as long as you know your stuff – you do your own research and you make the right decisions with your money. At the end of the day, like m- most of this shouldn't really apply to you. Um, but and again, we're no Dave Ramsey, right? No,
0: like, right. But- and I think Ed, you know this, right? Even even if you're even if you're the poorest of the poor, do most people you know have a phone
1: that yeah. has
0: access to the internet?
1: Yep, hundred percent.
0: All right. So you start from the absolute bottom. You know, you start reading books. You first of all, books are free on PDF on the internet. You can read them on your phone in between your breaks at work while you're taking your commute. You know, you start you start setting a budget, money management. That's not well. This stuff isn't going to propel you immediately to the the wealthy top one percent. First of all, that is not supposed to be easy in and of itself. Most people dream. Most people's dream. You got to think about this. Most people's dream of becoming a millionaire or a billionaire is winning the lottery, hitting a sports bet, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, winning, winning big somewhere, getting lucky here, getting lucky there we're not talking about getting lucky when we talk about our dreams of being the 1%. our our dreams are working so hard that we earn that. we make our own luck at yeah. the end of the day, mm-hmm. right? so if you start from the very very bottom, i'm assuming you got a job, you don't got a job, you search for a job all freaking day. people who come and tell me i don't have a job, especially if they're college graduates, you know? the economy hasn't hit hit the uh, breaking point yet. We're still in a period where employers are looking, right? You search like an absolute dog 12 hours a day. That's what you want. You go get it, right? From there, you set a budget. All right, now that you got a budget, you set your money management. From there, you pay off your debts. Now that you pay off your debts, now you're debt-free. From there, you start building wealth. You start saving money. Like I said, it's not going to get you to the top 1% until you start earning big bucks, right? That just just doesn't equate. But at the same time, you're not in the position that you were before, and you don't need $1,000 a month from the government. You don't need that stuff, because you made it yourself.
1: Exactly, you take care of
0: your own. You know, you got a daughter, you got a son. Like at the end of the day, you don't want them to be taking government money either. You want to set
1: them up for a better future. Hundred percent. So yeah, back to the theme of the podcast: the fucking do, basically, <laughs> do it yourself. Yeah, man. Do it yourself, get on your own fucking grind and and um, figure it and, out. And yourself one last no thing, one last thing I'll you. say.
0: One last thing I'll say about the topic. This in no way doesn't mean that I'm not sympathetic to people's struggles at all. Like like I said even before, I believe that welfare is a necessity. I believe that these things are a necessity. There are people out there that have been grinding their ass off, just like how we've been saying two jobs, three jobs, all this stuff, sixteen hours a day, nonstop, no vacation. But they're just in a bad spot. That happens all the time. That's why you can't judge people immediately off, off their just of their appearance of what they tell you, right? Like you don't know how hard that person's working. They're just in a bad. It's just a bad spot. They got really unlucky. Shit just did not fall in line for them, you know. But they're still grinding. There's a big difference between that person and the person who who's just complaining the
1: whole time. And you, I know yeah. you know that. Yeah, a hundred percent. But like, I guess. I don't know it's a long it's a long conversation to have there's a lot to talk about you you mentioned it's very complex um but yeah I think I think that's good for that um, let's see what else is going on in the world right now uh do,
0: you know what to be honest man I I haven't really been paying attention like here is the one thing I know is that the we're in a similar situation like before with Omicron because of the NFL stuff, because I've just been paying attention, made the playoffs in the fantasy league. Uh, <laughs> Same very, snuck very,
1: in there. Oh my God. <laughs> you sneak in. All right. For
0: context, right. We're in a 12 man half point PPR, uh, super flex dynasty league. It's the first year and everybody. Uh, so the eight people make the playoffs in the first year. I'm the commissioner. So I said it that way just because I want it to be fun. I want it. If you want, if you're going to win, you gotta earn it. You gotta win three playoff games. I think that's just. I think it's just fun and
1: exciting, right? It's just the way to go for sure. Th- Fancy. I think it
0: is. I think I it 100% is. I hundred
1: percent think it is. I you think know, the 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 fourteen bullshit. Like you play, oh. you play one game to get into the championship. I think that that's not deserved. I think you need that adversity a little bit. Six is perfect.
0: Yeah, and also, it, it it tests the true strength of your team because let's say you know. You have a bunch of injuries or whatever. You had a great season and then you lose the playoff game. That's happened so many times in leagues I played in. The number one team in the league's got the most points for. It's got a stacked team, and then all of a sudden the playoffs come, they lose to the team that was in last seed.
1: It's it's about to happen, Alex. It might. I it I'm, might. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm pretty... I, bro, I I didn't say anything in the chat, but I'm gonna say it here. I'm a hundred percent positive that I'm gonna. I hope you – I really I hope just, you do. I, I, just, I just know. And it's easy to say now, right? Because I had a, a solid game from Eckler and, and Allen, and I'm up 39. Oh, yeah, to nine. Oh, yeah, did. So I'm already up the percent – first of all, I think the percentages in Sleeper are really not fucking bad. not good at all. I absolutely love that app for everything but the percentages. But the percentages, yeah. Like m- mid-game, like mid-Sunday, you'll be – 99%? And Loose. it's like, nah. It's like, are you sure about that? But – I don't know what you'll the be up like 20 is. too. You'll be up like yeah. 20. And they'll be like, oh, 99%. They got two guys left. You're like, what? With you though, sleeper is, is definitely the best app. Oh, obviously. I don't wanna I don't want to play fantasy
0: on any other app. I have another league no. I'm in that's uh it's a 12 man league on ESPN and I'll check it. I only really I open it once on Wednesday or and then maybe on Saturday to set the lineup again. But I hate it. I'm like, oh my god, this is awful. Sleepers got every statistic <laughs> you need. First of all, the yeah. alerts that you get, first of all, turn on, turn on sleeper bot um, alerts. That's how I get the news so fast. It, it will just tell you randomly, Eckler's did practice today. All of a sudden, then Schefter tweets, oh, Eckler didn't practice today. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do these guys get in the news before a Schefter does?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's crazy.
0: You know, but um, in this league, right? So at, in the, going into the final week, I was guaranteed, uh, Eddie and I are in the same division. Eddie's been clawing the whole year. Yeah, and he basically. Was, Eddie was one game back. Right. And he was up like 15 points, points for uh, to the to one of the other guys that were in the last place position. So basically what he needed was is he needed both guys to lose uh, Mm -hmm. that were above him and he needed to win and outscore and at least outscore the uh, the other two people that lost.
1: Mm-hmm. Little be
0: known, I, I was playing one of those uh, the guys they needed to lose, and it didn't start good. I was like, I'm going to get crushed because my opponent was projected like 160. I was projected like 120. Didn't he have Dalvin
1: Cook? Is yeah,
0: yeah. Cook had, that's the thing, Cook had 35 on Thursday night football. That was
1: disgusting.
0: Anyway, my team fights like the dogs that they are. We, we don't need the win, but we got the win. And Eddie sneaks into the playoffs with like a plus, I think 20-something point differential. Mm-hmm. And he is there right now. He's playing the number one seed. He's looking good. He's going to pull off the upset uh, to win the, the first-year championship, hopefully. We'll see.
1: Or, I mean, we'll see. I want to win. Yeah. I want to win. Trust me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, if, you're, if you're a playoff team your first year in a dynasty league, it's, it's just a good spot to feels be feels good. good. You do feel really good. Be- I mean, it's better than being
0: in the toilet bowl.
1: A hundred percent better than being in the toilet bowl. And I will say, too, about fantasy, um, back to, like, the ESPN thing, what's funny is that you mentioned ESPN sucks now, and it's, like, very outdated. Um, I'm also in a league, in another dynasty league, in ESPN, and I convinced the owner to switch over to Sleeper just by showing him, like, the app and how good it is but like Sleeper is the ultimate ultimate fantasy football Have app. Have you seen the squads sure. thing? Have you seen the squads thing? Yeah, all? I see I I get the notifications of you and vapor like making parlays. On, no, so here's what um, happened with Sleeper. that, right?
0: So they were like Sleeper squads is here. And I'm like what the hell is Sleeper squad? So I hit the opt in for like the waitlist. And they go Thank you for uh, waiting. Uh, Here's 10 free dollars. And anyone else who clicked opt in on that. So it was like me, vapor Kern, a bunch of guys clicked opt in on that, got 10 free dollars. And basically it's player prop parlays and you could do it on your own fantasy team and everybody in the league. Basically the only condition is that if you bet on a, if you do a, a a parlay on the same game, it's got to have players from opposite teams, but, It is like, you throw a dollar, you know, dollar to win five or whatever. I got free dollars. And then after a week, they were like, thank you again. Here's another 10 free dollars. And I go, oh, okay. (laughs) So... You know, I mean, I, this could, this could, that could turn dangerous real quick. Cause I've mostly been losing, but, uh, it's just fun playing with the free money that they gave me. I I can't believe I it's been that long since I found a fan. I've been waiting for a fantasy app to be that good. Can I buy shares? Hey, sleeper, man, Let me buy <laughs> some shares. Even, even private, then we'll go public. Let me, let me get some, <laughs> let me get some dough in here
1: dude i agree and then also yahoo's not very good either i do not like yahoo finance <laughs> yahoo
0: yahoo in general as a company is just yeah it's just L. trash it's, it's just, just trash. taking massive l's since 2005
1: you know it's funny though even like when we were younger in 09 and 2010 i never ever used yahoo i would always use google
0: i use like, yahoo
1: I finance because i thought i was cool yeah, well, <laughs> if you're in like the two percent probably that we're like Yahoo Finance is lit. Most people, I would say, the majority of the population, when they would look at both of them and had to pick one, they'd probably choose Google. I don't know what it is. Maybe oh it's just yeah, a brand. For everything else. Yeah, Google. yeah. Like maybe the just the brand, the the aesthetic of Google. But no, I don't no. Know. So There what was
0: a company back in the nineties. I think it was called Netscape. I think that's what the company was called. That was the OG browser.
1: Netscape. It was called
0: Netscape. Interesting. Uh, and then
1: Firefox, Google
0: came around.
1: Firefox has been around a long Firefox time. Firefox right? has been
0: around too. Here's the thing. Number one, Google's algorithm is just the absolute best. But number yeah, two, is. Google just worked faster. It was just better, it was a better product. It was a way better product, and I mean, now where that's the funny thing, because I was I was looking at stuff about Google uh, last week, because I was like, you always hear new things with Facebook, you know, they changed their name to Meta. Twitter's always in the news because of the censorship stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Instagram's part of Facebook, blah blah blah, and I was like, I haven't heard shit about Google, and Google is just absolutely pouring money into AI. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of because I'm like, oh, when those guys get their hands on something like really pivotal, like first of all, look at the – so you know how Siri just ne- is never that good, has never been – like Siri just doesn't work the way you no. want Siri to work, almost never. No. Now, I will say with the new phone, the new update, Siri got a little better. But man, when I go on Google and I want to say – I say – I just go, hey, Google, and I ask for a search, I do not understand how perfect that's. <laughs> it just goes – Bing bing bing, boink, and it's like there's my answer, like right where I want. I'm like, this is amazing, you know. Uh, even when I had an Alexa, and then I turned it off because I was scared they were listening to me the entire time. I'd be like, hey Alexa, what's? Yeah, because they totally are, right? But at this point, I could care less because it's not like any device you have isn't listening to you. Yeah, every device. They're is. all listening to you, man. They are. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'd ask if I call give a call to the NSA. Yo, can you give me that playback real quick of something I said about two years ago? I just want to know real quick.
1: You want want to hear funny jokes, Shiv? Yeah. Bing. Bing. (laughs) Bing. AOL. (laughs) Whatever happened to Bing? Does Uh, anyone use Bing. Microsoft's version of a try at Google, man. That was, ooh,
0: Bing was bad.
1: Bing was terrible.
0: Biggest, is, Bing is uh, you would search something on Bing, and it would like, my favorite thing to do was with like, at school computer, that had preloaded uh, Bing, i type in Google. The, <laughs> 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 type in Google on the Bing search.
1: That shows how shitty it is. It's fact, that bad. <laughs> you used it to get to another Just browser. starts to Google. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But, uh, dude, you know what's funny is I was – so we were talking about this the other day on FaceTime. Um, I called you on my way to work, and I was in Chicago, and, you know, all the skyscrapers, the buildings. It just looks amazing from the highway. And so yesterday I went to the Kris Kringle Market, which is in downtown Chicago. It's this little German okay. market for Christmas. Yeah. Super nice. It's like a yearly thing. It's always packed. But – when we were walking back to the car, we went through a couple of corporate buildings because it was cold outside, and my mom has been working in and downtown. She knows the, the, the corporate yeah, building dude, shortcuts. She, she, she's she been working there for 25 years, so she literally like knows how to get through like downtown, just taking like subway shortcuts. So she was like, oh, we're just going to take this route. So we go through the route, and like we go into – a building it's right next to pwc actually it's the wilson building so basically wilson baseball they Uh it's their corporate office and like the amount of money that these corporate offices have is just ridiculous like when you walk in there they have this just ginormous christmas tree and everything's super fucking clean it looks futuristic there's a huge fucking tv screen or like panel that runs from like one side of the wall to the other that just showing like super cool like wilson products and i was just sitting there like holy fuck like the people who work in these buildings and the people who have the money at the top like get to run this show and it just must be like an awesome feeling to work in one of those offices and like be there but that's right so like we pass where she works and there's like a, a putting green like you have to walk a couple of steps up but there's a, a huge putting green and then there's like this area to socialize that has a ton of chairs and tables where you could just sit down on your lunch break. And then there was like a Fox 32 news camera just sitting there. It was just outside, like hanging out there. And I was just sitting there. I was like, damn, like, this is, this is what money is. Yeah. Like really.
0: Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, still, so I, when I had my first big internship, I, I, I get to like the actual office area that I'm on and, every single like i could tell that the like the the old first of all the old cubicle design is gone now like that that in general is just it's just gone but what mm-hmm. every single desk had it had two two monitors a dock its own mouse, its own keyboard, everything that you could need to just begin work. And then all you do is plug in, boom, done. You could interchange between any, any person's desk because mm-hmm. I was constantly moving between desks. And I was like, this is so efficient. And then when COVID hit and I had to come back home, I didn't have the immediate equipment like that. And I was like, man, I wish I had my, like, cause I had, at, the, at that point I was getting to like four monitors and you just fly when you have four monitors. You're you're <laughs> oh, flying. Yeah. You got Excel on like four of on all four screens. You're just going, and it was like the way these offices are designed is so efficient, efficiency minded. But the funny thing is, is like a lot of those same like those those offices you walked into are empty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're empty. No one's like people are coming in. Uh, from what I've heard, in most industries, like there's there's a lot of hybrid going on where people come in a couple days a week, mostly out of necessity. But uh, a lot of it's like the the work from home type grind. Now is it's really big like time. get yourself a setup like that is kind of what I, I'm gearing towards. Get yourself yeah. a setup like what you see in those big offices.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, uh,
0: standing desk is one thing I'm thinking about investing in. I started using a standing desk at my old job and. At first, I was like, "Oh, it's just just a way for like people to excuse themselves from going to work out." Uh, you know, I was standing all day, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I started using it because anytime I get tired, I just start, I'd raise the desk and start using the standing desk. Man, that thing works. <laughs> that thing works. You are yeah. not tired. You are no. not tired at all. I mean That's you, walk, you walk ten miles a day for your job, but like, so you don't have you don't have any problem being tired. But no. Uh, like if you're stuck doing excel spreadsheets all day yeah stand up move
1: around do you so you have uh wheels on those desks on those standing desks like if you wanted to roll around let's say or walk around or not
0: the ones that i've seen they're just like a platform that you just raise with a lever
1: okay so they're stationary. no wheels they're stationary okay.
0: yeah but i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't lug that thing around
1: <laughs> uh, not at all just say with- on your desk with your computer, like hey, how you doing? Walk past hey, his doing? office,
0: Walk past, yeah, just moving desk.
1: <laughs> That's pretty interesting, though. I've never actually never heard of that. See those so people
0: you that use them? like uh, medicine balls as, as, as chairs.
1: Yeah, I have seen that, and I don't know, like, how you could do that for a I long time. I tried that for about
0: 90 minutes, and now I was like, all right, I need a chair. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, your back's got to feel like hurts.
0: Shit. Oh, it hurts so bad.
1: Like, what's the benefit to that? Just looking cool and trendy? Like, is that what it's for?
0: Hey, man, you can believe anything anybody tells you. They tell you that thing's healthy for you. People will start doing that.
1: Dude, Shiv, you know what I want to talk about next? Yes. Boxing. I would love to talk boxing with you. All um, right. Not because I know the Jake Paul fight is on Saturday, so when this podcast comes out um, later that night, Jake Paul fights Tyron Woodley again. So that's cool, right? It's it's entertainment, but the lightweight division in boxing is amazing right now. It's so fucking good. Like the last three fights have been awesome too. Like Trevante fought. Devin Haney Fairly won. Devin Haney, that was
0: good. Devin
1: Haney, honestly, it was a close fight. Like that he was gave close him, too. he did, he gave him a good fight the entire time. And then the Cambosos, um Teofimo Lopez, Lopez fight yeah, was, that was awesome. Good. That one was good too. It was real good. But like, if you look at that division, right? I think the ra- I'm gonna look the rankings up right now so I don't screw anything up. But Cambosos is number one right now because he just took out Teofimo, He's the champ, right? Yeah. He is, yeah. Um, hold on, give me one second. I'm gonna pull it up. But, dude, like, I'm looking at boxing right now, and you know how, like, two years ago, I remember me and you talking about it when we were watching that first Fury Wilder fight, how boxing was on the decline. But I think it's, like, it's back now. I think it's, like, safe to say it's, like, it's making that comeback. Like, it's a really good time to, like, boxing. Um,
0: <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say boxing is, like, coming back anywhere close to where it was. I here's the problem it number 1 ufc is an absolute powerhouse now and i think like if there was any you know there's a lot of businessmen that i aspired to take traits from mhm dana white's probably at the top of the list because what that no, guy did sure. with like Obviously, yes. Was there other funding? But to get secure the deal with ESPN and what's going on now, the guy still makes almost all the fights. You know, he was right. the only guy. Look at this in COVID, right? When COVID started, before all the leagues came back, the first thing that came back that was a major U.S. sport. I know Korean, uh, Korean baseball was still on, and a bunch of sports in in the Far East were still on. I'm talking like uh, centrally. Uh, American popular sports. UFC was the first one back. I remember watching a UFC fight night. They were doing it at, uh, I don't know if it was Fight Island. And first of all, that whole thing got made because of COVID. But second of all, uh, I was watching this UFC event on fire. I'm like, wow, live fights. You know, I don't even remember the <laughs> fights being that exciting, but I was like, this is live. Live sports is back. And right. it's not, and it, you know, that goes back to the thing about excuses. It's not like, You can't get it done. Even in the face of the – one of the biggest adversarial objects is a worldwide pandemic disease. They were still able to get the business going, still able to pay their employees because at the end of the day, that's what that's about too for that company, not just revenue. Revenue obviously is is a big part of what they do. But you got thousands of people. That's the thing about being a business owner when you have a company that big. You have thousands of people depending on you to essentially pay their bills.
1: A hundred percent. And you know, they figured out the way to do that. And I think figured too, out a way to do that. I think I agree with you. I, I'm still going to lean towards, I, I just think boxing has more.
0: Oh, it's the best art, man! I, it's the just past.
1: the best art, it's like. The and I think I think it, I'm a little biased when it comes to that. It's like me and you; we both love boxing more than the UFC. If there's a big boxing match yeah. and a big UFC match, I've we're gonna the watch the big match. boxing match, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I grew up with it. You grew up with it, so like engraved in us both. But I will say, I think the one problem with boxing kind of ties in with that Dana White thing, and it's that there's no like one regulatory like system right like there's the wbo and then there's wbc and you have all these different belts that all these boxers have and it's like there's just too many like i think there should be just one fucking champion like one universal lightweight champion one universal heavyweight champion like that should be it and i think ufc has dominated that They've done a great job with that. So props to Dana White for well, sure. But
0: well, here's the thing, right? Here, So here's the th- here's where, like, there's a lot of uproar going on in the UFC. I'm uh, sure you've heard about this amongst a lot of the fighters, right? They say yeah, they're not getting they're paid. Yeah, their pay. Though, right? Yeah,
1: fighter pay. Mm-hmm. Well, here that's, the, that's part of it, right?
0: If you're a big boxing name, look at the heavyweight division too, especially with before Anthony Joshua lost those fights. You had Tyson Fury coming back. You had Deontay Wilder, an absolute rising star in America, Mm -hmm. and Anthony Joshua, a worldwide star, who at the time was at the top of the world, right? Yeah. We got three different promoters uh, who are all looking out for the best interest of their fighter. Mm -hmm. At the same time, if this was was intermixed in the UFC, all right, one guy would fight the other guy. This other guy would fight the other guy, and we'd be – all three guys would have fought each other by now, which is a good thing. However – None of those guys would have gotten paid the amount of money that they did for those fights.
1: All
0: right. Right. I and mean, other thing, too, about us, you know, you saying boxing is back, we saw the greatest, probably in my mind, I, I don't think this is an exaggeration. That was the greatest fight I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. The Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder three
1: mm-hmm. was
0: the greatest fight I've seen in my lifetime. I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's up there for unbelievable sure. Unbelievable heart in that fight from both guys. Yeah. And I mean, you just can't ask for a better fight one guy no. knocks one guy down, then the other guy knocks the other guy down, then the other guy knocks the other guy down and then there's knockdown and knockdown and the guy keeps getting up and they're still fighting and it's round ten that's what that's what boxing about man that's that's just
1: it is um but I have the rankings pulled up so okay. This is Ring Lightweight Rankings. Brent, um, ring so, Magazine? Yeah, Ring right, Magazine. Are, I'm yeah. I'm going to use them because the other ones no, – they, the yeah, yeah. they're the ones you want. So you've got Cambosos is number one. Okay. Then you've got Low behind him, so Teofimo. Yep. They've got Lomachenko at number three.
0: Okay. They've got
1: Ryan Garcia at number four. Oh,
0: man. Wait, Tank's below Ryan Garcia?
1: Tank's not even on this list. Wait, I don't so think I, he's
0: a lightweight. I technically,
1: think so. I think he's trying to move up weight class. He was a lightweight, so he's fought in that division. But maybe he's not. Yes, well,
0: I think he's moving up to light welterweight. Yeah,
1: he he's moving up, so I think that's why he's not on this thing. But list. he
0: started. This dude started at
1: super featherweight? Yes. He's, I think he's trying to move all the way up to, like, he was on a Walter. pod. He was he's on gonna, a – you know what uh, podcast he was on? Full, full Sun, yeah. Yes. And he's trying to move all the way up to, like, Yes. yes. So that's he, pretty – that's he, pretty big jump, though.
0: He's setting up. He's setting up what might be the like next, like absolute blockbuster fight, uh, and that if it happens, because there's a lot that needs to happen for this to happen, is Tank fights, uh, fights Errol Spence Jr.
1: That would that, be nuts. You
0: know, Errol Spence, Erl Spence Jr. Aside from Tyson Fury, my favorite fighter. That you have not an seen animal. that
1: before. That's you know, what's funny. Not, I haven't watched him fight. I haven't watched any. Well, so fights. he did fight uh, a
0: few months ago. He got into a really bad car accident. I think it was a okay. car accident. His Ferrari flipped over and everything. The dude almost died. Um, and so he's, he's coming over a year. He had to come back from that. And but the, the thing he's he's a welterweight. And there was talks of him fighting him. He, he was going to fight tank. He's gonna fight. Uh, Ryan Garcia wants to move up, but the here's the thing: I don't know if Ryan Garcia is gonna is gonna. I, you mentioned that list. We said Ryan Garcia was four.
1: Yeah, Ryan Garcia was four, and Haney I don't think was he right touched. I,
0: I don't think he touches any of the, the top those top three guys. I also, no, I, I also I don't think, think so, Devin. Either. I also think Devin Haney beats him soundly too. Yeah. Nothing against the kid, but I we're talking like like especially you've been following the Haney's for a while. Yeah. You know, like th- that dude's a killer in waiting. you know? Yeah. They're all killers. teofimo too. teofimo, I think he beat Lomachenko. Let's not
1: forget yeah. that. Yeah, he you did. Know?
0: Even though he just lost.
1: And Tiofimo's also our age. He's 22. So he's yeah, young- which is, yeah he's one of the younger crazy. guys. And, and is- that's
0: the other team. Lomachenko won recently. And I wouldn't, knock him, I wouldn't count him out either, despite the fact he's got two losses. And the, one thing that didn't go his way is the fact that he was hyped up to be like the next – basically Floyd Mayweather, and he's Mm -hmm. lost two fights already. But that doesn't discount the fact his skill and his his footwork is probably the best in that division. In terms of footwork, he's got the best footwork in the
1: division. Oh, for sure. Um, And I think, too, I I, I just wish boxing cared less about losses because so many better fights would happen – if, like, they didn't care about the undefeated fighter, that's the like other I, thing, too. Look in the UFC, there's every guy's got lost besides, yeah. besides John Jones, his one
0: loss is from a no contest or, or and Khabib, or a, which, which, well, yeah, Khabib's undefeated, but, but John Jones is, uh, his one loss, it should be taken away from the record. If you actually go back and watch, they called it a 12 to 6 elbow, and, uh, I mean, it that he's John Jones is murdering this guy, murdering no. this guy to get DQ'd like that. That is, Oh, brutal. But yeah, yeah, I mean, Khabib, that's the thing. Khabib is the goat, right? Khabib, no one was going to be Khabib. No. He retired on top. But besides that, besides we're talking two guys who are undisputed, like John Jones, probably the best light heavyweight champion ever. Yeah. Right. Uh, if he didn't really get himself in a lot of trouble, he probably could be the heavyweight champion right now. I totally believe that. Uh, and Khabib would still, I think, be undefeated. But regardless, everybody else has got losses. Look at the top mm-hmm. guys, you know. They all have losses. Oliveira's got losses. Poirier's got losses. Uh, Miocic has got losses. Uh, I don't even know who, who's the light heavyweight champ right now. I don't even know. But uh, the, uh, actually, maybe Usman. Usman has been so dominant. He's yeah, got Usman. losses.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Adesanya. Years
0: ago, Adesanya's got losses. Like, every – the best fighters at the end of the day – it, a lot of it I like, too, is a lot of the mindset of the UFC fighters do is they want to fight the best guy. They really do. And that is what makes fight. That's what makes, you know, crowds. That's what gets revenue in the door is mm-hmm. wanting, actually wanting in your heart to fight the best that you could fight. Because let's, let's not forget, dude, we're not playing a game of chess. No, we're not playing. We're not even playing a, a, a physical sport like like basketball. Oh, yeah. At the end of the day, you know, let's say let's say, you know, the, the the Utah Jazz. They asked Donovan Mitchell, who do you want to play? And they go, oh, we want to play the Bucks." There's a big difference between any of that and wanting to fight the best in the world that I yeah. mean, people die. People die in the ring, bro. Like this is not a joke. You know, mm-hmm. your life is on the line when you walk in there. And I know people all, you know, I used to say that before fights, but hey man, you know, your life's on the line. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, there's been multiple occasions people have died in the ring or not even died in the ring, but they're forever changed, forever yeah, changed forever after they changed. walk out of that, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, man, boxing, I'll give you that, dude. Boxing, it's real exciting for the first time in years. I want to see yeah. what
1: Canelo does. Canelo's got to stop fighting. Uh, dude, you know you know what he's doing? Guys. You know what Canelo's doing? Canelo's moving to Cruiser.
0: Oh, yeah. There
1: we go. That's you, what you, I want to see.
0: You know yes. you know how
1: crazy that is? Yeah, though, I know. Because he's moving for a, dude to Cruiser. Who fought, a
0: dude who fought Floyd Mayweather...
1: Uh, like the, six years ago, at like uh, I think it was like junior welterweight or something like that. D- d- yeah, think about be fighting that, in though. a two hundred pound division. Exactly, a two hundred pound division, and the jump from uh, welter where he was to cruiser is literally like twenty pounds. Now, now 20 I think
0: I, I, this might need to get fact checked, but it's it's in a similar range. The weight Mike Tyson fought at for the heavyweight championship of the world was like about what you can make cruiserweight at now.
1: Really? So they've moved it up?
0: Mike Tyson was like 200, 220. Oh, yeah, they moved it up. They had to. But Tyson Fury's like
1: 280. Yeah, Tyson Fury's a big boy. You know what's funny, though? Deontay Wilder fights in the same division. He's like 200, 220.
0: He's like, yeah, he's like 220. Yeah. But that dude's got power. Like, I don't get how that's possible. I don't know how, like, you were born with that much power.
1: They should – they – um. I was watching the JRE podcast. They had, uh, he had Cambosos on. It was pretty That's cool. Pretty like, yeah, um, oh, like six, six, seven days ago after it was recently after he won his uh Tiafimo Lopez fight. Okay. But it's really good. Like Cambosos is you can tell he's like a super like dedicated, focused guy. Like he doesn't let distractions bother him. And he basically talks about how he's been a pro fighter since 2013, and like it took him basically all the. Or I think 2017. Sorry, my bad, but. It's basically taken him like 5 full years to even like touch like where he is now and like mm-hmm. the like he was a 13 to 1 underdog I believe like in that fight Oh no,
0: no. it was it was last, 7 to 1
1: 7 maybe I think yeah
0: I think you are I think you're around there now yeah he was a big underdog but it wasn't 14 to 1 but yeah I I was shocked dude I was so shocked when he came out winning I was like
1: no well, you know, freaking way he just what, won this fight What's funny is he, like, when, when he talks about the fight, he basically, like, he said he predicted kind of the whole thing. Um, and, like, one of the things that you notice, too, like, I watched, obviously, some of the highlights of the fight. I didn't watch that one. But I watched, like, the, the highlights of it. And if you look in the first round, Tiafimo came out, like, looking to knock him out. Yeah. And apparently, Camboso said that Tiafimo was, like, he, he took it personally because someone in his camp, like, told him, that Cambosos made a comment to his mom about his mom. So, like, Tiofimo had, like, a personal vendetta against Cambosos, but Cambosos kind of talks about how in boxing, like, the last thing you want to do is take things personally because you will end up just getting, you will, you're just going to end up getting angry and then you're just going to fuck up in the ring. But in that first round, Cambosos knocks him down. And you can literally see, like, when he hits him, he hits him square just, like, right in the right temple, Tiafimo goes down and you could see like the look in Tiafimo's eyes like, Oh shit, this guy's no joke. Like one of those like wake up calls, like, Oh fuck. I'm not going to just like, he this guy. He He did. He did. And, and then, so like the rest of the fight, if you look at that first round and you look at the rest of the fight, how Lopez fought, it was just night and day difference. Like he was actually like strategizing and like finding ways to fight. Like we're in the first round, he was just swinging for the fences like if you watch the round, you'll you'll notice it too. Like the guy was just looking for the KO, but yeah, it's super interesting. Like him talking about it, and then obviously Rogan's like super interested in boxing as well, and he like yeah. he knows the game really well. But and yeah, no, it was just it was super super fucking cool to hear them talk about it. But yeah, Cambosis was basically talking about like L- Rogan. had basically asked him, "Who do you want to fight next? Like who you got lined up?" And he's like, "I'll take anyone." He's like, "He's like right now." He's like. I'm kind of playing my cards right because now I want guys to like look for me. Like, I don't have to look for them anymore. I'm the champ. Like, if Haney wants to fight me, he's got to fight someone that, first. So, that, that's it's what like...
0: happened with Floyd, right? So, Floyd was the B side. In boxing, there's an A side and a B side, right? The mm-hmm. guy A side is the one that takes the more take, right? So, Floyd, and he, I don't know if he was champ yet, but he ended up fighting, um, uh, who's the guy that, who's, um, Shit, who's... uh?
1: Juan Manuel Marquez?
0: No, 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 no. This is before that. Um, The guy Dana White makes fun of all the time. Oscar oh, De, La De La Hoya. Hoya. So yeah. he fights Oscar De La Hoya, and he wins. And from then on, he's like, I'm never going to be the B-side again. Because mm. number one, not only was he the champ, but he was, like, he beat the guy. Oscar De La Hoya at the time was a massive, massive, massive name. And from then mm. on, Floyd was never, ever... The B side, and the one thing people say, Oh, Floyd picked his fights at the end of the day. Every single fighter picks their fights. Yeah, we're gonna talk by the literal definition, but it's not like Floyd didn't fight anybody that wasn't that good, right? He fought Cotto, he fought mm-hmm. uh Hatton when Hatton was good, he fought uh he fought Canelo. And at the end of the day, what's he supposed to? Oh, was, oh, Canelo was 20. What What's Canelo? What, what's Floyd supposed to do? Make Canelo grow three years? At the end Flo- of the day, <laughs> yeah, Floyd, Floyd, Floyd retired. Floyd retired like three years later. Yeah. Floyd said, oh, that's, let me fight the most up-and-coming guy, and that's Canelo. Canelo gets a shot. It's a win-win for both sides. Canelo, the mm-hmm. B-side at the time, gets a shot to fight the, one of the greatest of all time, and Floyd gets a get, gets a chance to, to cement his legacy, beating an up-and-comer. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he fights Pacquiao, and let's not forget people complaining about how the Pacquiao fight didn't happen sooner, and they only blame Floyd for that. First of all, Manny Pacquiao did did not want to take a drug test with needles. That was one of the reasons the fight got shot down early. Now, I'm not accusing Manny Pacquiao of nothing. He's an absolute legend and was still fighting until a few months ago when he retired. Like, this Mm -hmm. dude has been fighting well into his 40s. But if you don't want to take a drug test that involves needles because you're afraid of needles, I don't want to fight you, dude. Like... (laughs) Going back to the life and death thing, now Floyd Mayweather is not concerned about dying in the ring at any no. point through any of this. However, it is a lot better to know the fact that my fighter, that my opponent, is not juicing. Yeah which is plainly illegal. And you got to think about it. If you're juicing in the NBA or in like the NFL, yeah, more people are going to get hurt to a certain extent, But or even baseball. What? You hit more dingers like, oh yeah, no one's dying because of that. You take steroids in fighting. Someone could get hurt very bad, very, very bad. Right. So he didn't want to do that. So that fight got taken off. Also, don't forget, we're talking about boxing here. If you look at the whole thing that happened with Anthony Joshua, it's the same same deal that's going on Anthony Joshua didn't get any of his big fights number one because they were they're waiting it out they were waiting it out they're waiting it out they want it's got to be the right time it's got to be the right time that fight ended up working out the, the, at the end of the day this is a business dog so mm-hmm. if, if that fight worked out it was the highest grossing pay-per-view of all time. And you know who beat that number? Floyd Mayweather. Like, uh, uh, I think, I, I I don't know, maybe the McGregor fight was second or was first. But either way, Floyd Mayweather has a top two or top three most boxing pay-per-views of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but that fight specifically had, like, I think a, a ton of buys, the most buys ever, right? So at the end of the day, it worked out. It, it worked did. out. Floyd fought everybody that he could, right? Realistically fought everybody that he could. And at the same time, and this is the part that, is what really gets me is able to make the maximum amount that he could from each of those fights, because normally those two things don't coincide.
1: No. Um, yeah, he was, he's a master of marketing for sure. And he's still doing it to this day. Um, I know he's, he's in a lot of, he's investing in a lot of side businesses as well. That's the
0: thing too. Floyd was at the top for so long. He could have easily done what Tiafimo did after what Tiafimo. (laughs) Fimo beat Lomachenko, then I think he won another fight after that. And then, and like, he's been the champ for like two or three fights, right? Mm-hmm. Floyd was the champ in multiple divisions for years almost
1: a d- decade. Yeah, right? he dominated for a
0: decade. And, and you see, watch, go back and you watch the 24 sevens or the, the showtime, like the, pre, the 30 minute previews before the fight. This dude is working at three in the morning, mm-hmm. right? He flexes all this money, he flexes about how rich he is and all that stuff. At the end of the day, he can. Key, he can, he can, number one. Number one, yes, you're yeah. right. He can. Uh, not not he's saying that that's the a work. bad thing. He's, put he's in the putting work, in the work I, to do it. But that's the whole point. It's like at the end of the day, he's going to the gym at 3 in the morning after he already worked out for eight hours. You're not. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's exactly. no room to talk about, oh, now he's fle- – oh, look at him. He's flexing with – he's got half a million on the table. He can put as much as he wants on the table. You know what Dude, I'm saying? Because
1: he earned I, it. I, my favorite thing is when, when people on Twitter social media hate on people for flexing their money, especially yeah. people who are actually rich like him. It's like, what, like, what, what's, what's it going to do you hating on him? Like, you're just fueling, you're talking about him. You're putting him out there more. Like you're helping his case. Like this guy's literally a multimillionaire from hard work and dedication. You're going to hate on him. Uh, it's just, you, this it blows guy my mind.
0: Nothing. He came from nothing.
1: He did come from nothing. You know? Um, the last thing I was going to say is I finally watched that, uh, Brian Kelly interview with Floyd <laughs> and that's, that's one. That's of the, exactly what we've been talking about, right that, here. The, and that's one of the best, like, just back and forth between an interviewer and an interviewee. I think I've ever seen. Like him, like my, my my you you say that all the time, and I actually never knew where it was from. My job don't pay like your job. Yeah. Like, like yeah. your job don't pay like my job. Oh, you didn't know where that came from before? <laughs> no, then? I had no clue. Man, you just
0: thought I was being a cocky fucker.
1: Huh? Yeah, I was like, oh, what's <laughs> this accounting? Huh? What's CPA's got it. Ain't, <laughs> it, ain't <like> <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't like
0: that. It this, this, ain't like this that.
1: This interview is fucking hilarious. And Brian Kelly actually, to his credit, does a pretty good job like keeping it.
0: I don't know. Like, I don't like Brian Kelly.
1: I don't either, but I just thought that it, I I think the way he, he handled it, um was was pretty interesting
0: um yeah i'd be uh, Pacquiao. out what they going to say then <laughs> yeah it's true what, what And it's true that's the thing too uh, floyd knew everyone hated him especially after the bam bam fight after the bam bam fight uh floyd was floyd floyd caught a lot of heat for that at the end of the day though he did nothing wrong absolutely nothing wrong that was the fight where uh the guy headbutted him and then they called the break. They called time. Took a point off. And then they said. And then the referee literally points and he does the hand clap thing, saying like the fight's back on. And Bam Bam goes to like hug him. He's got his hands down. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And Floyd just bang, bang, <laughs> knocks,
1: knocks him the fuck out. Yeah. And
0: over. And that's funny thing is he gets hit. Bam Bam gets hit once, and he immediately just turns and looks at the referee like. Are you seeing this? <laughs> Bow! Yeah. It just gets it and again. I'm like, dude, that's your fault. The referee called time. Like, there's no lovey-dovey in this stuff, you know? Like, okay, you apologized. Like now we're back at it. Like, yeah, you, you, to... you made a mistake, you know? But like, it, it, we're talking about fight here.
1: Is that the same fight that uh, he got interviewed at the end by that old white guy? Yes. And and the white guy was like, "This is you why know...
0: I didn't. I stopped liking HBO boxing. Is because of that old guy." <laughs> right there. I like Max Kellerman is one of the best boxing analysts he's great. around, right? Uh, Roy Jones Jr. was also one of the best because he's Roy fucking Jones Jr. The guy's a legend, right? But mm-hmm. that dude is awful. And the announcer, the, the main announcer for HBO Boxing. I'll give you a prime example. So Pacquiao fought uh, uh Bradley, okay? Pacquiao yeah. fought Bradley a few times. The first time Pacquiao fought Bradley – Everybody said that Pacquiao got wronged in a decision against Bradley. And if you go back and you watch the fight, and there's a video on YouTube that details every time the announcer did this. He started calling punches that land for Pacquiao that weren't that didn't land. Huge left hand for, for Pacquiao. Watch it again. Oh, he didn't he didn't touch him. That missed. <laughs> or like, oh, that 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 like oh, huge shot for Pacquiao. That was blocked. You know? Like yeah. The perception of everybody watching that fight was, especially listening to the broadcast, was that uh, Pacquiao was dominating this fight. And uh, well, he wasn't because you go back, go back and watch the fight, watch all twelve rounds. Tell me, Bradley didn't win? You know, it, it was a close yeah. fight. I'll give you that. It was a very close fight, but Bradley won that fight. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, HBO is going back to because that was their, that was their, that was their like golden boy was Manny Pacquiao. And that's why Floyd caught a lot of flack too, and that's why he left HBO and he signed the deal with Showtime. He's like, yeah. I'm not dealing with this. Pacquiao's their guy. If I'm, I'm gonna be the guy wherever I go. You yeah, know what I mean, exactly. It's, it's not like he didn't earn that.
1: He didn't. Well, he did earn that. He did earn that. Oh, yeah, of course Um, but yeah, I love the I love DAZN too.
0: DAZN's up and coming.
1: It is. Um, it's and then fights, right? when I. Yeah, it is. Adnan Verk on <laughs> Adnan Virk on the call. Man, I was wondering what happened to that guy. Oh, uh, that I, was super uh, interesting. That's the that's the ESPN guy, the old ESPN anchor when we were growing up, who was always there. But he yeah. does the, he does those fights now. Um, he I wa I did watch the entire JoJo Diaz Devin Haney fight. That was a real good fight too. Um, but yeah, um, let's get right into our pick six segment, eh? Yeah, let's do it. You good? All right, let's get into it. Um, so this week is the first game of Saturdays. Obviously, it's week 16, right? Or 15? 15. Uh, 15. Week Fifteen. So it is week 15. It is the first NFL weekend of Saturday games. So we're going to start off with a Saturday game. We've got the New England Patriots traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. The Patriots are plus 2.5. The over-under is 45.5. Shiv, take it away.
0: Man, so this game has really spun me in circles. I am the first guy to come out here and say to take the team nobody wants to take. And that would be the Colts. But there's a big part of me that's like, I just cannot stomach the fact that I have to bet on a team that historically lets people down in big spots. Like, I bet the Bucks against the Colts. And I knew, I just knew the Colts were going to blow that game up. Now, I will give the Colts credit they've looked good they've looked pretty good they beat the bills Mm. but how much can we give credit to that win because the bills have been the bills have been falling apart you know yeah so i mean here's the thing Belichick and then they're on a roll and the line opened at like minus five for the Colts Mm
1: -hmm. as
0: much as I hate to take the Colts in this spot. I know for a fact it's the right spot. And to be honest, these are the games where you just hate, you don't want to do it. It makes you feel sick that you just got to take. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, Belichick proves me wrong again, but I'm going to take the Colts at home. I got to trust Vegas on this one because you got to look at it, bro. <laughs> look at that line and tell me not everybody and their mother is going to want to bet the Patriots
1: as dogs. Yeah, everyone. that's a very favorite play this year and almost every year. The Patriots as a dog is almost always hammered. Um, for those reasons that you just said, I'm not touching this game. I'm going to take the over, though, uh, over 45 and a half. Um, I think this is a game where a lot of people think is going to be low scoring just because both teams have solid defenses. Both teams don't score. They're not known as prolific scoring offenses, so I'm going to take the over here at 45 and
0: a half. We got a new update on the schedule. Uh, So the Raiders-Browns will now be played on Monday, and then these two games have been moved to Tuesday. The Seahawks-Rams has been moved to Tuesday, and the Washington football team-Eagles game has been moved to Tuesday.
1: Interesting. What's funny is those two games aren't even on Barstool Sportsbook. Um, yeah,
0: because you know, the, there's so much injury, uh, so much injury to... from COVID that yeah. it's impossible. Like the Raiders game, for instance, the Raiders opened up at like four or five point dogs, and now they're four or five point favorites. Because yeah, that's the Cleveland Browns crazy. Are
1: out. That's a fucking crazy line movement because of injury. Like, you never see that shit. Um. But, no, back – kind of just quickly back to fantasy, I kind of love that this is happening at this time. This is just – this will make or break your team, and I think this is just a perfect spot for it to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: Um, I love it. All right, so next game, we got a Sunday game. We've got the Cowboys at the Giants. So this is a game, me versus Shiv. We will not da-da, be friends. Um, so – You know, I'll take it away with this game. Uh, Cowboys defense actually has been showing up to play the last couple weeks. Um, They looked really good against the Saints, and they basically dominated the football team all four quarters. The offense, however, has looked putrid, and the cause of that is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott looks terrible. Um, Last week was probably the worst game I think I've seen him play in a long, long time. Like, he just was missing wide-open guys, uh, he threw two picks. One of them was really fucking bad. Like a, it's like a Mark Sanchez type throw where you got a guy in your face and you you still you should throw the ball away in that situation every time. And the dude threw it anyway, got picked off. Um, but this game, you know, who's the who's the starting quarterback now for the Giants? Uh, is, is it Glennon?
0: Like, uh, well, yeah, he's not expected to play, so. I right. It's been it's been flipping all week on who's going to start. Uh, so I actually don't actually know as of this morning, but I will. I,
1: I mean, if with a trip with the third swing quarterback in, I'm taking the Cowboys here at minus 11. It's a lot. It's a big spread to cover. But I mean, the all Giants right. are- going
0: to start. But Jake Fromm might see some action, according to Giants Wire.
1: Okay. So I don't know if, if Daniel Jones was playing, I would say the giants might be a safe play here to cover. um, But I don't know with Mike Glennon in and Jake Front, I don't know what the QB situation is going on. There are still a lot of injuries to the giants. Um, they're banged up this year. They've been, they just haven't looked good at all really. Um, Sorry, ship, but I'm going to take the Cowboys at minus 11 here. That was kind of, that was expected from me.
0: I mean, you're not wrong. This is the time of the year where I stop talking because there's just no – there's nothing for me to say. My team's not going to be in the playoffs. My team looks awful. Fired our OC. I I just – it's sad. Uh, it's a lot of pain. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what you want me to say. I'm going to take the Giants. At, I took the Giants at 11. Uh, I, I don't see a reality where this game goes well, but – you know, it's a Giants Cowboys game. You never know. You may be. You do never there. know. You may be in for some. Uh, uh, let's see. Who do the Cowboys play next week?
1: Uh, Arizona, The Eagles, then Arizona. And then All right. So,
0: Eagles aren't good either. Uh,
1: the thing so, is, though, the Cowboys win this game, they clinch. Uh, so, it's basically this is for the division this week.
0: Yeah, there's and you're not wrong. There're a lot of banged up injuries, offensive side and such. I hope Barkley gets a lot of touches, but yeah, I'll be taking the 11 division game. Division game, I believe we're at home. Yeah. No, we're away. Yeah, we're at home. Yeah, yeah. Um so, you know, division game at home, it's not like at the end of the day, we you you want to judge whether teams are fighting for something or not. Even when a team's out of the action and they're playing a division game, a team that they see twice a year and especially a rivalry this big, I will never count the Giants out in any capacity, but yeah, I'll take the 11. There's not much more I could say on this game.
1: Uh, last thing I want to say, fucking Cowboys defense is fully healthy and they looked really good. They did. They have been looking good. They, um, they got both their edge rushers back. So finally Lawrence and Gregory are both in Neville Gallimore, who was out all year. They play any playoff teams the next few weeks. Yeah. Arizona, they play the best playoff team. So we'll see. Um, but, Anyway, Maybe they'll win a game, man. Yeah, you know? they will. I think they'll pull it out. They'll shock some people. Um, so, next game after that, we got Cincinnati traveling to Denver. The Bengals are plus three. Over-under is 44. Shiv, I'm going to let you start with this one. Uh, I
0: believe Burrow is still dealing with this broken hand, which, I mean, here's the thing. The amount of heart I see from this kid.
1: He's awesome.
0: Uh, unreal. Like, I like Joe Burrow coming out. And there was a lot of like – I I had a fear that there was like a – Too much hype. Yeah, like a Manziel type deal. Even Baker to a certain extent because Baker hasn't produced what a number one pick would be. But Mm. man, this kid has impressed me at every single step of the way and – with that being said, we're going to be taking the Denver Broncos. Uh, <laughs> so, the line's dropped to two and a half at most places. <laughs> that, was uh, that was
1: awesome. That might have been the best you've ever said. That was amazing.
0: Uh, yeah, so <laughs> here's the deal, man. Here's the deal. Denver is a good team. They've been constantly, uh, like, not highlighted in the public fashion, and the lines reflected that. Let's remember that they beat Dallas at mm-hmm. Dallas. They beat the Chargers. Yeah, they were at home, but they still beat the – Chargers scored 13 points. See what the Chargers did yesterday? It's not like their offense isn't good. 13 points. Uh, their past two losses were, yeah, a really ugly loss to Philly and a loss to Kansas City who's been on a tear. Cincinnati has not looked too good recently, especially with the Borough injury uh they got blown out by the chargers and they gave up 26 to the and lost to the the 49ers i believe that was an overtime game uh and their two wins before that were pittsburgh who's completely awful and vegas who is they're not good they're not good at all and then no. the week before that they they got blown out by baker so i mean this is a team that either gets blown out or they win the game. I, 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 if you look at their past losses, it's it's been pretty much blowouts besides San Francisco last week. So in terms of what I've been able to trust and what I've seen all year, uh, Broncos have been pretty reliable. So I'm going to take the Broncos short home favorite. I like the spot a lot. Take the two and a half. I probably would reconsider if it got to three. If it got to three and a half, I'd probably take the other side. It's one of those games.
1: I think uh, so. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm going to take the Broncos for all the reasons you mentioned. One of the reasons, though, too, that I'm not taking the Bengals is because I think Vegas has – just Cincinnati and the line they gave to the Bengals every week down perfectly. Like they, like it's a line that makes you want to take the Bengals every single week because they're a team that will show up in times. And then at times they won't. Um, but even with a burrow injury, they're all like, short.
0: They're all shorts. So the past
1: five mm-hmm. games have been plus
0: two minus plus, two and a half yep. minus three and a half minus mm-hmm. two and a half minus two. There's only been one spread in the past five games. That was a been above three. And they covered this spread. They covered that spread.
1: So if you think about it, like, it's just Vegas knows exactly how to place this line for the Bengals every week. Also, the Bengals are a team. They'll put up 35 and look amazing one week. And the next week, they just – they'll shit the bed. They're very young, young quarterback. And their quarterback, guess what? He's hurt. And I hurt Burrow um, just – Kill this team. I'm going to take the Broncos as well. I like them a lot. Um, Next game. So we've got Green Bay traveling to Baltimore. The Packers taking on the Ravens. Uh, The Packers are minus six and a half. The over under is 43 and a half. I'll start this game off. Um, So to many people is maybe surprised or not surprised The Packers have the highest cover percentage this year of any team. Yeah. They're 11 and one against the spread. Yeah. They are 11 and one against the spread. They cover basically every week. You won money. If you bet the Packers this year at all. Um, So again, you know, the Ravens just, I don't think are that good. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, Lamar to me, still hasn't proven that he can be a week-to-week just thrower of the football. Um, he'll look great sometimes, and then sometimes he just doesn't really perform or execute, right? And those Steelers games are big examples of that. Um, he's got the well,
0: most rushing yards on the team. That's nah, I
1: mean, that's, that's what he is, though, right? Like, he is kind of... He could
0: have 1,000 uh, yard season. He's got 767 rushing yards.
1: Uh, he's a running back playing QB, and that's what a yeah. lot of people think. That's what I kind of think. Um, I'm still not sold on him as a passer. And I just think the Packers are so much better. And if the Packers offense can get clicking, um, right, because there's been a couple injuries to Rodgers. He had the COVID thing. Um, The wide receiver core was out for like a week or two because of COVID as well. So now they're all fully healthy. They're all ready to go. And the Packers defense has been amazing. I think they've been a top five defense this year if you look at the numbers. So I'm going to take Green Bay here. Uh, I like them to cover.
0: Uh, I can't really touch this game because I liked the Ravens, but he, Lamar Jackson's going to play, but he's got an ankle sprain and it's day to day. So his ability to move on the ground is going to be pretty limited. And we don't actually know how healthy he is. So, and the team is pretty decimated with injuries. So I can't really touch this game. I don't really have an opinion. I know the line's at seven. If, if, if the injury report looks a little better, I'll still take the 7. and Lamar, I can see Lamar moving before the game. I'll take the 7, but uh, no, I can't touch this game. Also, I hate the Green Bay Packers with a passion because I've been fading them all season. I've gotten absolutely burned besides one game. So <laughs> I don't even want to touch the game anymore, and they make me sick.
1: So what you need one pick, though. We need a pick for the pick 6. Uh... The Over-under is 43.5 if you want to take something there feel like that's a low total, but then again, Dude, there's so what...
0: many, there's so many injuries. I just uh, – I mean, I'll take the Ravens. Give me the seven points, but – All right. We'll uh, do it.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, so, the next game, we've got the Saints traveling to the Bucks. The Saints are plus 11. Over-under is 45 and a half. Um, Shiv, I'll let you start off this game.
0: Going to go with the under here. We got a big spread. And a low total. We got 11-point spread and a 45-point total. Um, It's a lot different than when we took the Saints a few weeks ago. Obviously, Jameis was healthy. They ended up pulling out the win. New Orleans is reeling. The only team they've beaten in the last five games has been the Jets. The rest have been losses to Dallas, Buffalo, Philly, and Tennessee. So, and meanwhile, Tampa Bay is just, uh, I mean, they look like the best, right? Tom Brady. So I have no, I have no play on the spread. The reason I'm taking the under is because it's a number one division matchup. So things are going to be a little slower, uh, and they're both going to be working out the running game. New Orleans certainly is going to be running the ball with uh, Kamara being healthy, um, and it's not like the the, the Bucks wouldn't want to pace the game. So uh, I'm going to go with the under at 45 and a half. Try and snag a 46, but that's the play.
1: Uh, you know, th- everything tells me to take the Bucks. I feel like that's such a square play to take the Bucks, right? They play amazing at home. Um, Tom Brady looks great. The Bucks look great. They're firing on all cylinders. You all- you said all those things. Um, but with a healthy Kamara, I- maybe it gives Tampa Bay some problems. I don't know. Um, I I just they had don't- the best run D in the league. Yeah, so that's like that's even more fucked, but 11 points for a division game, um, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a it's lot. It's a lot, and I feel like everyone and their mother might be hammering Tampa Bay in this game. What's the lot money of distribution? A lot of teasers.
0: Money distribution is as follows. Uh we
1: have I'm literally going to make my pick off 50, this
0: 50 we have 60% of the bets on New Orleans but 34% of the money so 66% of the money is on Tampa Bay. Mind you this is Friday so this is going to change to uh, here's where I'm expecting it to be around 50 to 60% of the bets on Tampa Bay and 65 to 75% of the money on Tampa Bay. There's only one way this is going. There's not going to be more money on the Saints. This is not possible.
1: Okay, so I guess I'm I guess that just we gotta take the Bucks. Um, yeah, we'll take the Bucks. That's all I got. All right, last game of the week, we've got the Minnesota Vikings. This is a toilet bowl. The Minnesota Vikings visiting the, our hometown Chicago Bears. Who stink, <laughs> storied the franchise, storied franchise who can't. Just can't figure it out. Year in, year out, they just can't do it. But that's another story for another day. The Vikings are minus 5.5. The over-under is 44. I'll take this game off. think they're atrocious. Um, I love it. Every year, Bears fans tell me about all these great things they do. The draft. Oh, the draft looks great. This and that. Well, you can't figure it out. You hire... And- and fire new head coaches every year. You haven't made the Super Bowl since 06. Uh, haven't really made the playoffs since that time either. Maybe Yo, you're tracks. going off right now. <laughs> and, 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 you know, at the end of the day, the Bears are what the Bears are. They're just a poorly we are ran. We who we thought they were. F- the we are who we thought they were. A poorly ran franchise. And uh, they just can't get it done. But, but, with that being said, we're going to ride with the Bears this week. Five and a half. I mean, the Vikings stink. Okay, I hate the Vikings hype. I hate your Kirk Cousins. I hated him when he was on the Redskins. Now football team, um, I'm gonna take the Bears here. Let's go Bears! Bear down. Let's win us some freaking money here. Go Bears!
0: Yeah, uh, you pulled a me just then. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I'm taking the Bears too. Especially uh, I can grab a. I see a six. I see sixes out there. I see five and a half is the main line, but I see sixes out there. Six points at home in a division game? Are you crazy? What? What? What's going on here? What's going on here? Yeah. And, and, and with 67% of the money on Minnesota – the other thing, too, is it's not like Minnesota plays well in Chicago. I always think Chicago beats Minnesota at home.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. I,
0: I And the other thing, too, is, yeah, I mentioned before how Minnesota's probably a better team than their record suggests. But when we're talking straight spreads here, we're talking six-point spread. The field goal, really, I mean, yeah, they, can win, they win by a field goal, they win by two points, or they lose the game. So uh, I I really don't see a way that Minnesota – blows them out here whatsoever. Number two, uh, we know Nagy's not getting fired to the end of the season. I mean, if he don't get
1: fired, bro, that'd be laughed. Oh, man, I'd be dying laughing. Dude, dying. he might not. The, uh, there, the, no There's no I way. Can, I can see the Matt Nagy situation. Same thing happened with Garrett in Dallas. I, I kind of see that happening. They just hold on to him for as long as they possibly can uh, because him and Pace are good friends. I literally think that's what's going to happen.
0: Well, that'd be hilarious. By the way, I want this is my weekly thank you to the Chicago bears for their first round draft pick. How's that working out? <laughs> um, however, yeah, I will be taking the bears at six. This might be a bigger play too. I, I haven't really looked too much in this game, but I saw the line. I see the money distribution. I see the sharp action on them. I like this a lot. I mean, realistically, and just, just throwing numbers out there. I really see it as like a three point game. So getting three points of value is pretty, uh, I like the bears. Fair yeah. down. Yeah.
1: I agree. What's your play of the week? You got one?
0: Yeah, I do. Take the Atlanta Falcons. Take the Falcons' money line. Take the
1: Falcons' spread at
0: 9.5.
1: Love the Falcons. Take the Falcons. This is the second time you've taken the Falcons, right? For your Uh, play of
0: the week? Yeah, it has. Uh, We're not going to talk about the other one. (laughs) Uh, Kyle Shanahan sucks at home as a favorite. I don't know what it is. I don't trust Kyle Shanahan to cover nine points whatsoever. What? Because the San Francisco 49ers have won four of their last five that they're all of a sudden world beaters? Let's not forget they lost to the Seahawks. Seahawks aren't that good. Right? I'd probably put the Seahawks at the same level as the Falcons are. Uh, the Rams were reeling when they beat them. jacksonvilles they fired their head. Jacksonville is probably one of the only situations where I've seen a team fire a head coach and the line got better uh, for them. The line got better. <laughs> it went down. Yeah. They were like plus five or plus six. They're like plus three now or something that's awesome. like that. Like, that's how bad Urban Meyer is. Minnesota, I mean, same reason we're taking the Bears. So I, 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 I don't like this San Francisco team with nine points. If this was like a four point spread, I probably wouldn't touch this. But nine points, I, I like it a lot. Mind yeah. you, Atlanta is one game away from being five hundred. Like, they're not out of this conversation yet.
1: Nope. You they're know,
0: not. so I, I like Atlanta a lot. Take the nine, take sprinkle the money lines. Have some fun here.
1: Love that. And with that I think that wraps up episode nine of the Shetty Show, the Shivanetti show. Uh thank you guys for listening and we'll see you again next week. Any final thoughts?
0: No, buy Bitcoin. Talk to you guys later.
1: Buy Bitcoin. See y'all.